Our topic today is silence. How am I doing so far? <laughs> 20 seconds of silence can be a long time, can't it? That's because we're so used to being bombarded with noise. From the moment our clock radio awakens us in the morning, on the way listening to the car radio going to work, observing the billboards, it's just nonstop until we lay our heads on the pillow at night, stuff coming at us. Silence has its benefits. But we're so used to noise that when someone gets up and walks to a microphone and doesn't say anything, we feel like there's something wrong. Did the pastor forget what he was supposed to say? Something's missing. I like the words of one of my favorite old rockers, Bob Seeger, when he says regarding the cacophony of sounds that bombard us each and every day. It starts out in the morning, then moves to afternoon. By the time you reach the evening, you're barking at the moon. Too much noise will do that for you. Contrary to the raucous mold to which popular society would conform us, the psalmist recommends an alternative orientation. Let all that I am Wait quietly before God. For my hope is in Him. Psalm 62, 5. The summer season affords us a good opportunity not only to break from routine, but more importantly to introduce some new practices into our regular schedule. And God's Word encourages us in many ways that silence, solitude, quietness should be one of those recommended practices. Hear the psalmist again. Let all that I am wait quietly before the Lord. Do you like waiting? I don't. It goes contrary to the way we live. Nonetheless, the psalmist on behalf of God, let all that I am wait quietly before the Lord, for my hope is in Him. This morning, I'd like you to consider with me for a few moments this question. Why are we wise to cultivate intentional periods of silence and solitude 
in our lives. Now just think about that for a moment. Can you relate to the question that's being asked? Do you, do I, intentionally cultivate periods of silence and solitude? If we don't, may I suggest politely that we're out of step with part of what it means to be a Christ follower. There's three answers to this question that I'd like to place before you this morning. Why are we wise to cultivate intentional periods of silence and solitude? The first answer to the question is, because Jesus did. Because Jesus did. Simple enough, right? I can think of no better reason to encourage you to incorporate regular, intentional periods of silence and solitude in your busy schedule than to point you to the example of our Lord Jesus Christ. In so doing, of course, I am implicitly stating that if such a discipline was important to Jesus, given who he was and is, how much more of a priority should it be for us in our human weaknesses and in our human limitations? Remember those wristbands that were popular a few years ago? And that question we used to ask, or we would see on paper, WWJD. What would Jesus do? If you take careful note when you're reading through the Gospels, one of the things that you will very quickly see, because you see it many times over, is that Jesus, on a regular basis, took a break got away from it all, left behind the crowds and even the disciples at times. Periods of silence, periods of stillness, of quietness, of solitude were important and a high priority to him. Here are just a couple of examples from the gospel regarding Christ's behavior in this regard. In Matthew chapter 14, immediately after the feeding of the 5,000, we read these words. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. 
Or in Mark's gospel, the very first chapter, verse 35, we read that after an extended season of healing the sick and the dying, in casting out demons, verse 35 says, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, Jesus went out and departed to a solitary place. And there he prayed. Do you have a solitary place? A place that you keep reserved only for moments of solitude and stillness before God. The summertime affords a wonderful opportunity for us to find such a place if you don't have one. Down by the river, out in the foothills, on a lonely backcountry road somewhere. The place is not so important. What's important is that we have one and that we use it consistently. Silent reflection and solitude. Even Jesus the Christ recognized and practiced periods of what I like to call spiritual rinsing, rejuvenation, refreshment, and spiritual recollection. I need that every day. Who then do we think we are when we try to function without following the example of our Lord Jesus Christ in this regard? As I said earlier, given who he was and is, if he made solitude and quietness and stillness and time alone with his Father a priority. So should we. This past week, the 39th President of the United States, Jimmy Carter, and his wife, Rosalind, celebrated their 75th wedding anniversary. 75 years, eh? See, some of you are looking at each other. If I got to put up with him for 70. <laughs> 75 years. Mr. Carter will turn 97 this coming October 1st. In one of his books, and he's written many, but in his book, Living Faith, Mr. Carter attributes emulating Jesus in building regular times of solitude into his schedule as large part of the reason for both his spiritual vibrancy and his physical stamina. Jesus was on to something. Jesus was on to something in the priority that he gave to solitude. 
And I suspect that fewer of us would need to be on something if we could learn this discipline that Jesus demonstrates, making it a regular part of our routines to come to the quiet. It's an invitation given to us by our Heavenly Father. Come to the quiet. How often do you, how often do I access and respond positively to that invitation? Let all that I am wait quietly before God, the psalmist says, for my hope is in him. We should make times for solitude, quietness, and stillness, because Jesus did. The second answer to the question, why are we wise to cultivate intentional periods of silence and solitude into our regular procedures in life, comes from Psalm 19. Because such times open our ears to hear the essential voices of creation. Let me say that again. Because times of silence and solitude open our ears to hear the essential voices of creation. Friends, it is absolutely amazing what you can hear when you turn off the tongue and prioritize the eyes and the ears. A week ago this past Friday, somebody sent me this photo of the sunrise in Calgary. Now, unfortunately, those of you who are watching on stream apparently can't see the picture, but it's a beauty. Apparently, this was about 5.07 a.m. I was not up to see it, let me confess. But someone sent it to me. And as I looked at it, you can appreciate the significance that I saw in it the day after Canada Day. The sky was a brilliant orange with several fingers of orange stretched out, reaching toward us. So that my first thought upon seeing it was, it's like God himself is wearing orange today and reaching out his hand to us in solidarity with us in lamenting the recent horrors of unmarked graves being identified at various residential schools across Western Canada. It was as if the, the sky was God's way of declaring, I am aware of what's going on down there. I know. I am aware of injustice. It didn't take but a couple of seconds for me in looking at this picture 
to gain an entirely new and unforgettable understanding of these words that we know only too well as they're found in Psalm chapter 19. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. That's what I saw in that picture just over a week ago. Day after day they continue to speak. Night after night they make him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard. Get that play on words? They speak, although their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. It bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom after his wedding. It rejoices like a great athlete eager to run the race. The sun rises at one end of the heavens and follows its course to the other end. Nothing can hide from its heat. This past week, I met with a couple whose wedding ceremony I will conduct this coming Saturday. I didn't have to ask them how they were feeling. It was written all over both of their faces. Like that radiant bridegroom, like that radiant bride, in anticipation, counting down the days. That's the panorama that God displays to us on a regular basis, each and every day. Beckoning us to consider his handiwork. To come to the quiet. I was interested in doing some reading this past week, in reading about all of the different art exhibits that are finally so relieved that they can be open again to the public. And they're inviting people, come, come, come see our handiwork. I appreciate fine art just like anyone else. But it's so very, very important, friends that on a regular basis, we are cognizant of the sky and the handiwork that is displayed there by our Lord. It's an invitation to us. Will we accept the invitation? This summer, I don't care how old you are, I'm coming up 65 shortly, it's never too late to learn to engage solitude, stillness, and acquire a knowledge of the blessings of such. Have you acquired that skill? 
of listening to what the sky is saying? (laughs) This past Wednesday night, we had what I thought was a very interesting electrical storm in Calgary. And the reason I found it interesting was I stepped out onto our downstairs patio below our upstairs deck out of the rain just to listen. The thunder struck me as being a little bit odd. There weren't a lot of heavy booms or crashes. It would start over in the west, and then it was kind of like the sound you hear on Christmas morning when people are opening wrapping papers. They crinkle of the paper, and it would go right across over to the east and just disappear. I'm sure that's happened many times before in my life. This was the first time, the first time, almost 65 years of age, that I heard that distinctive crinkling of God's wrapping paper as he opened up our gifts of praise and worship to him. Let us make time to see what nature is saying to us. Let us make time to hear what nature is saying to us. You really don't have to work very hard at all. Oh, how much we often forfeit. The words to an old hymn is coming to some of your minds, isn't it? Oh, how much we often forfeit of God's conversation with us via creation. All because we don't slow down often enough. We don't shut our mouths often enough. And engage instead our eyes and our ears. Intentional periods of silence and solitude open our ears to hear the essential voices of creation. And then thirdly, those intentional times of solitude and silence are essential because they open our ears to hear the gentle whisper of the Spirit of God. They open our ears to hear the gentle whisper of the Spirit of God. You know this well-known verse taken from Romans chapter 8. For God's Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are His children. Sometimes, such as in the photograph that I just showed to some of you, and as in the thunderstorm this past Wednesday night that I just referred to, it is apparent that God would seem to be shouting at us. The sky is so beautiful that you just can't ignore it. 
The power being reflected in creation is so evident, you can't ignore it. God is saying, I am here. I haven't forgotten you. Have a look at this. Give a listen to that. And maybe that's where some of us are at today. We're tied up in all kinds of knots because of the stuff of life. And it is complex. And it is frustrating. And it is wearying. But can we today make it a new point in mid-July of 2021? To take a second look when the, sci- when the sky grabs our attention. To stop and give an ear to that bird's chirping and we don't immediately recognize it. That song for the kids this morning, God is big, God is powerful, God is wonderful. It's very, very evident in nature. But then there are those times on other occasions when God's speaking to us comes not as a visual picture or as an audible sound, but via the gentle whisper of his Holy Spirit, bearing witness with our spirit. God's spirit talking to our spirit. That's pretty special stuff. When was the last time you created an environment conducive to it happening? All of this means that in order for us to hear the gentle whisper of God's Spirit, we do well and we are wise to seek places of solitude so that we can tune in the spiritual realm. One of my favorite Old Testament stories, which again you know well, comes from 1 Kings chapter 19, where Elijah, after he'd had a showdown with the prophets of Baal, and you would think he would have been on top of the world, found himself in a fit of despondency, and feeling as if God had abandoned him. And we read these words. God says, go out and stand before me on the mountain. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. But the Lord was not in the wind. 
After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, What are you doing here, Elijah? Summertime. It is a delightful season for us to seek out that special place in the out of doors that is conducive to hearing the Almighty God's Spirit gently whisper to our spirit. It won't just happen. You have to be intentional about it. And there are no shortage of creative ways to do precisely that, especially in the part of the world in which we live. I have a friend who, in his older years, has taken up fly fishing. Anybody here into fly fishing? You know what my idea of a good fishing trip is? Getting several good books read. I'm happy to sit in the back of the boat and let the boys do their fishing as long as they leave me alone so I can do my reading. But I've gone with my friend on his fly fishing just to see what fly fishing is all about. And they go way down the Bow River east and get into some remote territory where there's curves in the river and they know all the good spots, right? And they put on their hip waders and out they go and stand there. You thought 20 seconds was long. They stand there for 20 minutes. If I let them, they'd probably stand there for 20 hours just doing this thing. And when I say, John, how come? He says, well, when you're not here, <laughs> this is my place to hear God. Fly fishing. It will look different for all of us. But can I encourage you this summer of 2021, if you have not done so, if you don't have your place where you engage in times of stillness and intentional solitude, to find that place. Because intentional periods of silence and solitude open our ears to hear the gentle whisper of the Spirit of God. Now there may be some of you listening to me today who are saying to yourselves something like this. 
Pastor, that's all well and good. You've said what you're supposed to say, but if you knew my schedule, if you knew my situation, it is simply unrealistic for me to get away from it all for those intentional periods of solitude of which you speak. I understand, and I want to be sensitive to that reality for some of you. Then can I leave you this little tidbit? If you're not much into getting away from it all and can't really envision yourself ever getting into that type of thing, can I encourage all of us to guard our tongues? You want an assignment for one of these beautiful summer days? See how long you can go in a day without having to say anything. You, You may want to advise your immediate others of what you're intending to do, lest they misunderstand. But think about that. What? Not saying anything? See how long I can go in a day without saying anything? I suggest that to you because even a silly little exercise like that can help awaken us to the importance of stillness, the benefits of silence. The English novelist, poet, and journalist, George Eliot, who was really a woman, you know that, writing under a male pseudonym. Here's one of her quotes that I love. Blessed is the man who, having nothing to say, abstains from giving us wordy evidence of the fact. Huh? Blessed is the man who, having nothing to say, abstains from giving us wordy evidence of the fact. Most of us talk too much. We live in a culture that encourages us to do so. to always be getting messages coming our way. Hey, how long can you go without checking the cell phone? (laughs) I don't know about you, but as I prepared these thoughts today and think in terms of the challenge of embracing really a spirit of quietness and solitude, I've been reminded of how desperately I need God's help. I can talk until the cows come home, as most preachers can, give us an opportunity. God, help me. As that scripture says, to let all that I am wait patiently before you. For my hope, 
is in you. We need hope. Amen? We need our Lord. And we need to meet him by coming to the quiet. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for the example of Jesus who made it a priority to seek out solitude and silence because in so doing he tells us and leaves for us the example that if he needed it, how much more do we? And thank you, Lord, for the powerful testimony of the creation and for the gentle whisper of your blessed spirit. Enable us all during this summer of reflection to see the value in coming to the quiet. We need your help, guidance, and assistance in that regard. And this I pray in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Psalm 23, we all know that. It's a familiar passage of scripture where it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. And then verse two, it says, he makes me. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He refreshes my soul. David then penned in Psalm 46, verse 10, Be still and know that I am God, for I will be exalted in all the nations. The interesting thing when David was writing that, when he was penning that, he was hiding in a cave because King Saul was outside the cave trying to kill him with a spear. And God was saying to him, Be still and know that in stillness you actually know that God's God. Let me pray as we go into this week, as we go into another week of summer, may the quietness of what summer brings to us compel us into a deeper relationship with Jesus. Let's pray. God, thank you for meeting us here. Thank you for being a God who uh, lavishes his love and his guidance upon his people. Lord, just like the song that we just sang, Lord, we need you. You are our righteousness. You're everything we need. May you be the good shepherd to us this week. May you lead us beside still waters. May you make us sit down in pastures that are fruitful for us. Lord, we're excited about the way that you're working in us this summer. May this be a new summer for us, not one where we just put our, our relationship with you on the shelf. Lord, you're calling us into the deep. We love you and adore you. We ask all this in your name. Amen.